Hey, hey, this is Megan, and you're listening to the Salesy Podcast. This is a podcast for a modern business owner where you will learn how to build your business while staying true to yourself at the same time. As a sales expert of the last eight years and an online business owner, I am here to teach you tangible sales techniques rooted in psychology and human behavior. Get your earbuds on and your salesy notebook out and let's get started today. Did you know that 50% of your churn can actually be related to onboarding? This was something that I was recently reading in a book and I was like, holy shit. It's like the light opened up and I realized, you know, a lot of times we talk about onboarding like it's this, you know, mystified thing that only a select few have. But in reality, it is the start of a customer relation. So today, what we're actually going to be talking about is onboarding, how you can decrease your churn. What do I recommend for onboarding after working with, you know, lots of coaching clients and starting an agency and just some little tidbits that I have learned. So before we like dive into this, what I do want to mention is that onboarding is going to vary based on the service that you offer. But if you are a service provider versus a coach, we're going to talk from the lens of both. So don't feel like this is something, you know, if you're one of my service pros who are listening, that this is something that is exclusive to coaches. And if you're a coach listening, don't feel like this is exclusive to service pros. The first thing I want to dictate with onboarding and kind of this whole conversation around it is that this is something that you can 100% outsource and we actually outsourced a lot of it for Salesy. We used, I'm going to link her down below. Her name is Samira Phillips. Her handle is Systems with Sammy and we're actually probably going to do a podcast episode with her talking more in depth about that, but this was so important that I rushed it, I'm getting it out, and I'm actually recording this from my iPhone with the mini mic, so let me know about the quality and how you like it and those types of things. So when we're talking about onboarding, there needs to be a clear distinction of where your onboarding process ends and where the customer, you know, program starts, and the same thing goes with sales. Like, where does your sales process end? And where does onboarding start? And a lot of times what we want to think is contract and invoice is the end of the salesperson's job. But actually what I am finding is that contract and invoice is where onboarding starts. And your salesperson, after they get confirmation, should do a handoff to your onboarding person, whether that is you and you currently do all your onboarding and it's automated through Dubsado or HoneyBook. Um, if you want to try Dubsado, I will make sure we link a code down below. I use Dubsado. I love it. But when it comes specifically to that handoff, what a lot of people do is just be like, okay, contract invoice. And they don't explain the timeline. And this was something that I started out doing. And it is kind of taxing emotionally for the client because they don't know. And because they don't know what's going on, it can lead into buyer's remorse, which then can, you know, create churn. Because the statistic that I used in the beginning talking about how 50% of churn is dictated by onboarding, it actually happens while you're in the onboarding process. Your customer 
is deciding whether or not they're going to continue with you based on how you onboard them and you set that experience. And if you're somebody who, you know, your business relies on retention, this is something you want to take more seriously. Something I want to mention, though, specifically with coaching and those types of things is that if you're a skill-based coach, onboarding is important, but you're going to experience churn because your clients are going to learn a skill and they're going to be done. They're not going to need to spend six to 12 months with you if they've already learned that skill. And a lot of the online space can give you this negative opinion because we use retention kind of dropping stuff as this like success metric without digging into the complexity of your business, what you teach, what you offer, those types of things. So keeping that in mind, what I want to say is that there is no perfect retention and that if you struggle with retention too, this episode about onboarding is also for you. So getting back into talking about specifically onboarding and that moment, you need to make a clear distinction of when somebody exits the sales cycle and when they enter onboarding. And this typically is where your onboarding specialist or your customer service manager or you takes over, you take the salesperson hat off, you are no longer selling to them and you are onboarding. Now, something really important that often gets missed is a contract and an invoice. Why does this get missed? Because you're so eager to help them that you're just like, yeah, 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 you said yes, let's go. So making sure that that is in place. And if you haven't, there's going to be a lot of links below. If you haven't, go ahead and check out. We use, her name is Chandler. I'm trying to think of Chandler's last name right now. She's just Chandler to me. But we use her template shop and she is somebody who I really, really like the way that she explains contracts. A lot of times you can just buy a template and there's not a lot of understanding. And she has a bundle coming out that will help you get all the contracts that you need, whether you're a coach, a service pro, you're building a team, etc. So that is who we would recommend. Obviously, we will have an affiliate link down below because we just love her so freaking much. Now, when it comes specifically to your contract, understanding what needs to be dictated is something that you can reach out to Chandler and talk about. You can buy the template and it goes over more. But contracts legally protect you in a way that you don't want it when you're onboarding, but when you need it, you know that you are protected. So making sure you also include the things that you want and you discuss that with a lawyer. From there... After we have gotten contract and invoice, this is something that we recently implemented into the salesy onboarding, and that is a timeline. A timeline of when they're starting, what's included, where and what is needed by them, where to submit materials, what materials to submit if you're a you know contractor and you're doing done for you work. What do you need from them? What's the deadline? All of those things specifically. Because what that allows them to know is basically what's going on. And instead of shooting in the dark and being like, okay, when do I start? What do I do? It allows you to also be able to phase approach this. 
So if you are kind of in that coaching space, a lot of times your coaching really begins when you get on that first call. And what I would recommend, and we do it for special cases, but don't give them access to you until you've gone through the first call, you've completed your audit or those types of things. Give yourself space to get to know them on an intimate level before you just jump in and help them. That is something that I have learned and it is so helpful to get on that first call and not have to do that dump via Voxer or Slack. If you're still on Voxer, get the fuck out of Voxer. Hate Voxer. There is no room to try to sway me. I think Voxer is really reactive and that's what you want to avoid in a coaching relationship. So looking at your timeline and your phasing, I typically work inside of a 90-day cycle because 90 days really allows you to get ramped up and good to go. If you are a service pro, this is the mistake that I made with salesy that I will never make again. Give yourself time to get intimate with their business. If you're doing legion and engagement, you're going to take time to learn theirs and having a phased approach. So what we implemented in Salesy for our non-beta clients and the people who didn't start with us right away, which if you're listening to this and you started out with us and you were in the thick of it, I said thank you, but I'm going to say thank you a million times for one, trusting the vision and believing in it. Our phased approach works in a 30, 60, and 90-day cycle that allows our sales associates to get onboarded, to understand, and to build sales. The part that we really struggled with, and I'm speaking from experience, is making sure that we don't overpromise and underdeliver because that is the easiest way to kill your client relationship because you break the trust when you do that. And when you break that trust, your client is less likely to trust you again. Now, if you maybe underpromise or overpromised and underdelivered, the easiest way to remedy that, that a lot of people I don't see doing, is just apologize and take ownership. Don't blame external factors. Don't blame your team. Just basically say, like, I fucked up. I messed up. You know, I thought X, Y, and Z was capable, and it wasn't. And for us, what we learned is that, in all honesty, a lot of people who like done for you Legion and engagement. And sales didn't have the necessary things in place for us so that we had to be constantly coming back and learning more and those types of things. And so now we phase it out. In the first 30 days of your client relationship, that should heavily focus on getting to know them and their business and being able to figure out what is the best route to work together and how that looks. So again, going back to the phased approach and onboarding, one of your first emails that you send should be an audit. It should be auditing basically one, getting to know everything about them, their goals, their business, what they want to do, what their aspiration is, what's their working style, what's their communication style, etc. And then the second piece should be anything that pertains to your specific job function, even if you're a coach, there should still be questions around how do you learn best, how do you like to be held accountable, and those types of things. From there, in those 30 days, that is the priming of the relationship, and getting to know someone is really going to happen in those first 30 days. 
if you're a coach and you're doing business coaching, that is a great opportunity to, again, audit their business, build plans, build foundational stuff. I know we talk about in the online space not needing a website, but a lot of my one-on-one clients built websites. They're not perfect. They're not like, you know, they're not built by a copywriter and a web designer, but having that piece was so helpful. Setting up their email marketing, setting up link tracking and those type of things was so helpful when we started to grow. And it also allowed me as their coach to get to know them better which in turn allowed me to be able to coach them in a way that was beneficial because we were building trust and rapport and creating that intimacy and that safe space. Now, as a service provider, learning through salesy, again, foundational stuff is so needed. What we are finding for our clients and what we are improving is that like a lot of our clients don't have up-to-date lead trackers. You don't need an up-to-date lead tracker to work with us. We build it. A lot of our clients, you know, need to adjust things, need to have link tracking. Maybe they need more sophisticated tracking around their leads or lead scoring because they're sending emails or they want, like, there's a lot of things that we can break down and having access to those things and having the foundation is so key. So that's what we do in the first 30 days. Your next 60 to 90 days is a growth period. And this is where you really start to help them not only get quick wins, but be able to move in the direction that they want because they have a solid foundation with the intention of scaling or growing or those types of things. And you can do this in a group setting. This isn't just related to -to one-to-one. This isn't just related to, you know, what a lot of people think of like, this idea that it, you know, one-to-one is the way to go. So from there, what I would recommend is really setting growth goals, having KPIs or OKRs, which we're going to talk more about KPIs, which is key performance indicators, and talking about what OKRs are, how to use them, excuse me, how to measure and those types of things. But the basic thing is, is having KPIs so that we can track what's working what's not working, and how to go. From there, by phase three, or by kind of like your 60 to 90 day mark, you're going to be either completely onboarded and outsourced if you're a service pro. So everything is going to be moving in the direction. For salesy, the example is that basically our clients are good to go, handling sales in the DMs, etc. For coaching, this is where like the magic happens after that 90 day mark and where they start growing exponentially. If you struggle with phasing and these types of things, what I would say specifically is map out the ideal path you want your ideal client to take inside your program. What are the goals you want to set for them? And then from there, you know, what's the timeline and then double it. Because the thing about humans in the three years I've learned about coaching You may not get hung up on ideal client. You may not get hung up on messaging. Heck, you may not get hung up on 90% of things, but they can. And having the space for them to get hung up on stuff and to really work through it is where you can shine and utilize your skill set as a coach. Now, I know this was simple and a very simplified overview, but 
look for our episode with Samira and all of her information. And if you have any questions, as always, just send us a DM on Instagram. Have a great day. Bye. If you have loved today's podcast episode, go ahead and take a moment to rate and review on whatever you choose as your platform to listen. Rating and reviews help us not only be able to serve you deeper, but to bring more people in to learn more about sales. If you ever want to check out the behind the scenes, go down to the show notes. My Instagram is always linked and I will see you next Wednesday for another episode of Sales Eve.